0: Praise God. Here we go. Well, get your Bibles out. And if you would, um, wow, I've got so much here. Okay, I'm going to go this way. Y'all would be scared if you were looking up here at my notes. I just keep going and going and going. So I've been preaching this message about, um, What's normal? And I talked to you about the normalcy bias and about how that the world is trying right now to take us. The world isn't doing it; the devil's doing it, trying to take us to a place to where we are accepting things that we don't agree with as normal, and we're 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 looking at it, but we're just letting it, and it's just infiltrating our minds and our thoughts and our hearts, and we don't even realize it. And it's all over everything right now. All of this. Um, craziness that's going on in the world. And it's what it's trying to do. The enemy's trying to come in there and he's trying to make you create a new normal. All right. And the scary thing is, is that as a Christian, if you don't stand up against it and say, no, 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 that's not right. This is what's normal and push back. Well, then all of a sudden we're just allowing it to happen within the generations from behind us. They will begin to just say that, well, this is normal. This is the way it's done. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, I can't go back over everything because I've preached this message a couple of weeks now, and like I said, I found so many notes in there. I, I, I would, I would never get past my review. So last week I talked about how to get your norm back, how to get back to normal. Okay, how to? Because if you've been infiltrated, you know, and 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 you don't know it, you don't realize it. How are you going to get shifted back into what's really norm? And the first thing I came up with last. We can shared with you is about repentance, that we've got to come back to a true order of repentance. Turning back to God and saying, God, I'm sorry. You know, folks, um It's like a relationship with your your spouse. You know, you could be doing something that really irritating your spouse and you don't realize that it's irritating to your spouse. And and, I mean, don't look, guys, don't look at your wife and don't put your heads down because you just showed yourself guilty. And so, uh, uh, you know, you're doing something, but you don't realize you're doing it until finally there's a blow up and you say, what? And he said, well, you've been doing this. And you're like, I, I don't understand. I mean, what was I doing? Okay. And, and what happened is you just began to do something and accept it as normal and thought she was. I've seen this so many times in marriage counseling. That's why I quit. So <laughs> you're going to find somebody else, man. Y'all are killing me. But... Uh, you know, I, 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 the person's doing it, and the person, the the one person can't understand why this is irritating the other person, and they ought to. Their thought is that we ought to just accept it, and it's okay. And this is the way my mother did it, my father did it. So then you ought to be just like it. You ought to accept that it's okay. And the other person said, No, no, that's not what's right. That's not the way it should be. Because you have two norms, two different norms in your life of what you call normal, and they don't mesh together. Well, all I want is to be right with God. I just want to know that I'm pleasing him and no matter what I do, because to me, that's all that really counts. Hello? And so I want to know that I'm I'm being right with God. But then you've got to sometimes you don't realize what you're doing. And so so I'm saying a true heart of repentance comes to God and says, God, I'm sorry. Show me what I'm doing wrong. And when you truly mean that, then all of a sudden, he begins to get your norm in the right place. Amen. So that was the first thing. So I'm going to the second thing right now. That'll get your norm back in there. So in your Bible, go to Matthew, chapter six, verse nine. Now, I've got to tell you a funny story um, because we're going to the Lord's Prayer. And so I I did a funeral on Friday and I, I, I. I didn't. And this and is no big deal. I, I wasn't thinking about it, but they gave me the uh, what do you call it? The little program. And so at the end of it, it says, you know, the Lord's Prayer, recite the Lord's Prayer. And so I, I looked and I said, oh, OK, you know, they want to recite the Lord's Prayer. And so then I sat there and I said, the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. I mean, we're getting ready for a funeral and I'm the preacher. And I cannot for the life of me, remember how to start out the Lord's prayer. And so I start, I just, I mean, I'm just like blank in my head. And so I start to panic. And so I'm like, okay, the Lord's prayer, the Lord's prayer, um, Oh, oh, okay. I, I got it now, Lord. Lord, Yeah. The Lord's Prayer. Uh, 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 and then I couldn't say it. And then I would just like my mind, I was picking up some words and I was like, what is wrong with me? Have I had a stroke or something? I can't say the Lord's Prayer. And I started to panic. And then I said, oh, oh I've got it. Uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. They make me lie down. No, I said, that's 23rd Psalms. And so I was panicking And then I said, well, Robert, you know where it is in the Bible. So right quickly, I turned to Matthew 6 and I started going through and I said, "Okay, oh, okay, here we go. (sighs) So I just want you to know, even your pastor can have these moments of forgetting (laughs) the Lord's prayer. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be so embarrassing when they say the Lord's prayer. And I'm just standing looking at the people. "Uh, Does anybody know it? So. I want to read this to you some more because I'm going to show you what happened to me. So it says, in this manner, therefore, pray. I'm in Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth that it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our, our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, and leave it. see, I'm not even reading it right. Because I'm reading out of my head the way I learned it in King James. As we forgive our debtors, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And so when I went home, I was sitting there and the Lord just spoke to me and said, I want you to put that in the message on Sunday as the, as the third step. Or the second step, excuse me. First was repentance. And the second one is you have to have a desire for the kingdom of God in your life. See, the world right now wants their life. They want to make the Bible line up to the way they want the Bible to line up. They want to do what they want to do without any guilt or criticism. They want everything to work that way. But it's a difference when you want the kingdom of God in your life. You want it the way God's kingdom is. You want to live under the laws of the kingdom of God. All right. It's like, you know, people, people say to me, oh, I want to move to Texas. I want to move to Texas, you know, and they leave their state and come to Texas and then want to change us to be like they came from. And I'm like, that's right. nah. Do you want to, do you want the kingdom of God in your life? And you say, oh yes I do. Well then wait a minute. You got to understand what the kingdom of God is. All right. And if you're going to live under the principles of the kingdom of God, well then you know what? You're going to have to love your neighbor. Amen. You're going to have to forgive. Oh, but then you're blessed because that's the way God operates. And you, what's happening is people right now, denominations right now, churches right now, are wanting to change the word of God to fit the kingdom that they want the kingdom of God to look like. And it's no difference, folks, than someone from another state coming in and coming to Texas and say, well, we need to change this. I don't think any of y'all like that. Come on. <laughs> Our founding fathers, when they created the government, They knew that it could not function properly without strong moral character. They knew that the weakness of government would be corruption. And so they knew that the only way to keep a strong moral fiber within government would be that they had to adhere to the word of God. That's why you find the Bible. Out. That's why we're in God. We trust is in, is our motto and all the things because they were at the founding fathers are trying to say, look, this is what's going to keep you on the on the, the norm. When you read your Bible and you we, what it says and we keep this, this will keep you on the norm. If you stray from it, well, then government's going to stray and it's going to become corrupt. They knew it at the founding of this nation. OK. So. Your norm is kingdom based. But when you say kingdom based, it also also you could say biblically based. Right. So it goes back to if it's in the Bible, do it. If it's not, don't. Now, you've got to become aware of things that are going on around us. And I've told you this and I'll say it again. This is not about politics. This is not about. Democrats and Republicans, this is not about conservative and progressive. This is about darkness and light. Because I'm telling you what, I'll get into this in just a minute, but the enemy wants to kill, steal and destroy. That's his purpose. He doesn't care how. He doesn't care about you. He just wants you to become destroyed. He's not necessarily trying to push a certain agenda. He's just wanting you to be killed and separated from God. That's all he's really interested in. So he doesn't care how he gets you there. So you need to become aware of what's taking place. You need to be aware when you see these little buzzwords, when you see these things that are getting off, you need to know it and you need to see it. And you need to say, oh, I see what you're doing. That's a trick. All right. right? Number one is here in this thing that you need to look for is that 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 they're changing theology of the Bible. All right. The nature of God, who God really is. All right. The next one here is that they're spiritualizing scripture to mean something else. I don't know how many times over the last couple of years that I've heard people in government. Pushing forth an agenda and then saying, well, Jesus would do this. And I want to say, who are you to be a spokesperson for Jesus? Don't twist your twisted ways and then say, oh, yes, Jesus would be for this. I'm like, give me a break. The minute somebody says that to me, man, I, I seize up. I'm like, oh, this ain't right. This isn't right. Second one is, it's not taking the word of God at face value. In other words, trying to spiritualize and superize the word to make it mean something else and twist it around. All right. In other words, somebody has to interpret. It. You're too ignorant. You don't understand. You, you can't really get this. We're intellectuals. We are higher thinking people than y'all are. Y'all need to just let us tell you what it says. All right. all right. I think that went away a long time ago with priests having to interpret the Bible and nobody could read it. Hello. God gave you wisdom and the Holy Spirit for you to be able to look at things and see what's right and what's wrong. Amen. Straying. And this is the next one. Straying from moral methods in order to justify the end desire. OK, we see this in abortion. We see this even in open borders. It's straying from moral values. Folks, listen to me. If you let millions of people come across the border and, there's, and they, they're promising whatever and you put them off into a place, what do you think is going to happen to those people? They're going to be human trafficked. They're going to be abused. They're going to suffer heartache and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And for what? To try to get the vote the other way? I mean, it, it's not morally right. It's not, it is not right in any sense. But yet they want to twist the scriptures around and say, oh, well, this is a great way to do things. This is, this is, this is a good, good. It's good. It'll be okay. Right? Yes. When the whole time I know that the Bible says the devil wants to kill, he wants to steal, and he wants to destroy. And that's all he's doing is working that plan. We've got to get sharp as Christians and, and know and have on the inside of us a desire for the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God to be operating and working in our government, in our system. That's why America has been the most successful nation in the world. Can I have an amen? amen. Folks, listen to me. There's no nation on the face of the earth more generous than America. That's right. Have we done everything right? No, absolutely not. Have we made mistakes? Absolutely. But has there a nation ever been more generous than Americans? Is there anybody that's ever d- done what America has done? Why? Because our founding fathers had a covenant with Almighty God to keep this as a moral, strong nation. And it's being torn down right in front of our eyes as things are coming up that are horrendous. We've got people today protesting what's gone on with Roe versus Wade saying that, that we, I'm meaning conservatives, by having Roe versus Wade taken down are killing people. And I'm like, what? How have you twisted this whole thing around so much that now we're the bad guys? All right. What I'm saying is when you get into a delusion, when you get deceived, deceived means deceived. You can't see the truth. But if people that have the truth don't rise up and say anything and say, no, that is not the way the kingdom of God operates. Well, then, folks, listen to me. The people that are deceived will never hear the truth. And for too long, we've laid down expecting somebody else to do something for us. And I'm telling you, those days are over with. You have to be the voice of what is the kingdom of God, what is biblically right, what is morally right. And you have to be the person that stands up and declares this Amen. now. The biggest one that gets me, and, and I just, I praise God that I was not infected with the spirit of religion. I praise God that I had no one that, that taught me wrong. I'm glad I was just an ignorant cowboy that got saved, started reading my Bible, and just believed it was true. I, I had no doubt to believe it was true. I just read through the Bible and I said, man, look at this. And I never tried to, and, you know, didn't get off or whatever. But ever since I started reading the Bible, I remember the first time as I began reading it, it became evident to me, and you're going to laugh, but it became evident to me I, I, that Jesus was Jewish. I mean, I guess I knew it, but I never really thought much about it. I mean, I kind of like thought he was an American. <laughs> I've been in church my whole life, and I never really thought about Jewish, and I never really thought about, you know, everything going on in Israel, and I never really thought about the connection, and I never really looked at it. And then I began to read my Bible, I was like, wow, there's a whole lot about Jews in here. <laughs> So from the very first time I read my Bible till today, I've always held Israel as God's chosen people and the nation of Israel, prayed for Israel, prayed for Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem, like the Bible tells me to. But now there's, you know, there's always been a push. Have you ever thought about this, folks? Why in in, in, with just nationalities? There's no other person, no other nationality is persecuted as Jews have been persecuted. And have you ever thought about that? Why is that? I mean, they don't persecute uh, Spaniards. Germans, you know, Guatemalans, whatever, you don't, they're not, they're not persecuted. But if you're Jewish, it's like, ah, nobody likes you, right? And so I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you, and you can go look it up because this is not the message. There's a, there's a theory, there's a, a, a movement out there called replacement theory where Basically, they spiritualize and say, well, Jesus doesn't care about the Jews. He only cares about the church because the church is what is his body right now. And he cares about the church. He doesn't care about Israel. Israel, they blew it. And so you might as well just hate the Jews. And, and it's nothing new. And in, in 164 A.D., it was it was started being taught. All right. But it's getting to be a big movement now. And it's working in there because in replacement theology, if you replace the church with the Jews and you can hate the Jews and anti-Semitism can rise up, and you can hate them. But let me just tell you something, folks. In Romans eleven seventeen, 17, you need to mark it in your Bible. It says if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them. And with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not, su- that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Folks, listen to me. You cannot Anything going on that is anti-Israel, you need to stay away from. All right. All right. Any person speaking against Israel, you need to stay away from. Yeah. that's right. And you say, "Well, I don't understand all this. I don't. It don't make no difference. You understand? It. Leave them alone. That's right. Pray for them. Hold them up. Leave them alone. Don't get Don't get in that. Don't get in that dog fight. All right." But there's a rise up. And even in our own government, there's a rise up against Israel. And I'm just telling you, when you see that, know that that is not the kingdom mentality. That is not the kingdom principle. And stay away from it. Amen. You read a book and it says, something. listen, don't go to arguing with them. Don't go to figure it all out. Don't try to get into this. Just say, nope, you're not of God. That's not the kingdom of God. Mentality. I don't want to be involved in it. That's it. You're wrong. That's not kingdom principle. And he said, well, I just don't really understand the relationship. Don't worry about it. Keep your own self rooted and grounded. And don't be trying to pick around at your root. Hello? And so there's all these dangers out there, and they're lurking. And folks, listen to me. I see it. I, I, I mean, hey, John 10, 10, again, the devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and I see it. And I'm just gonna say this. This is another whole message, and I'm getting a little off, but I'll get back on. I really believe that America, all right, that it is not, I don't see America written in the end times. And I do believe that America is going to decrease because if you look at just as plain scriptures and you just just cut and dried. If a nation's attacking Israel and we were friends with Israel, we'd be fighting with them. But we're not written in the Bible. All right. So I don't know what happens and I don't know when the times are and I don't know what goes on. But I'm telling you this, I know inside of my heart, I'm going to fight for America to the very end. Amen. All Amen. right. Hallelujah. I'm going to fight to the very end. Yes, and whatever God's plan is, is God's plan. But I can tell you this much. You're going to find out what the plan is. In 22 elections. If there's a great sweep, we'll be just like we did probably back in the 80s. If you live through uh, President Carter in those years. It's exactly the same. It's been a 40 year deal. It'll come and it'll go and there'll be a Reagan come in and it'll all turn around and then we'll have some good years and whatever. And that's just the way it'll be. If it goes bad in 22. I can tell you better, man, you better find you something. It's time to get your stampede strap on your hat because, boy, it's going to be wild. All right. So why? Because the devil wants to kill, steal and destroy. That's all it is, folks. Listen to me. The devil doesn't care about humanity. He just cares to kill everyone that he possibly can. And he doesn't care how he deceives people. Whether he just sees them in a religious fashion that then they just get off just a little bit. Or he's got them over here bound in drugs and alcohol and whatever else. He doesn't care. He just wants to kill you. you got to understand that he wants to break relationships and fellowship between you and God. That's all he cares about. Hello? He wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy children. He wants to destroy. He is a destroyer. His whole purpose is to destroy. But ultimately, he wants to destroy you from your relationship with God. That's it. That's his method. I mean, it's not his method. That's his goal, and he uses various methods to try to do that. All right? So what are we going to do to see this? Okay, we got to have a kingdom mentality in our lives. We have to have a biblical-based kingdom mentality in our lives. And if anything's going contrary to what the Word of God says, then it's not of God, and you shouldn't have it in your life. And you should stand up and rebuke it. Amen it's that simple yes, Lord. all right now how many of y'all know if you got a skunk in your yard you're set I probably have a problem Huh? why skunks get stirred up skunks gonna spray skunk sprays you got stink right you can't tame a skunk now I've heard of people have Pet skunks, if they had their scent glands removed, okay, I still wouldn't trust it. All right? Because if you've ever been sprayed by a skunk, and I have, full-blown, right in the face, sprayed by a skunk one time, and if you've ever experienced that, it is not pleasant. And then no one likes you. You have become an abomination, And no one likes you. And you don't get rid of it. It stays with you no matter what you do. You could shave all the hair off your body and you're still going to smell like skunk for a period of time. Nothing gets it off. All right. So I just feel like that there's a skunk in the room in America. There's a skunk in the room, but nobody wants to deal with it. And and eventually it's going to spray. And then everybody's going to have skunk. All right. So we've got to get this in our lives. Okay, so just remember this. What is the foundational scripture? What would be the foundational scripture for the basis of the kingdom of God in your life? Well, it's going to be Mark chapter 12, verse 29. It's your go-to scripture. Jesus answered and said to them, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Now, doesn't that sound like a total? That means totally sold out, right? That means every part of you, not just the physical side of you that came to church on a Sunday morning and said, "Okay, God, give me a gold star. I did it. No, it's your heart, your soul and your mind. You desire. See, I. I love Jesus. I love the principles of the word of God. I love the kingdom of God. I cannot wait till Jesus comes back and the millennial reign takes place because he is such a righteous judge. Whatever he said is going to be right. And we should just do it. And I love that. I don't I love not having like not having to look at a leader and say, "Mm, is that what's he doing here? Something something just looked fishy. Right. So. He says that, that you need to be sold out with all of your heart, soul and your mind, everything, everything about you. And this is the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. If this is your foundation for your kingdom, the kingdom of God in your life, folks, you will not stray. And you will not go wrong. You love God and you'll love your neighbor. Hallelujah! It'll shake everything off and it'll take you right back on the track to being normal. Because you see, if you desire to love God with all of your heart, well, then you know what's going to happen when you do something that's wrong or you get a, a step off or something, you are gonna get convicted. And then the Holy Ghost is going to put you back on track. Without the conviction of God in your life, well, then you're going to be the God of your own life and you're going to lead yourself down that path that it needs to be and you're going you're to get off. But when you love God and you're submitted to Him and you want His kingdom in your life and you're submitted to God and say, God, I, I love you, I just want your your kingdom in my life, then when you start getting off, conviction comes in and you're like, this isn't right. Do you know how much the world wants everyone else to change so that we can be comfortable doing what we're doing? That's what's taking place right now. A small percentage, folks, if you just if you just go just go look it up, just go there's a small percentage, about four percent of the people In America believe what the progressives believe four percent but yet four percent is ruling because they got the right people in the right places and everybody else were too nice and stand around saying well you know let them have their day whatever it'll be okay whatever it ain't right it's not right do you hear what I'm saying church it ain't right there are a lot of godly people in America. There are a lot of people that do have kingdom-based principles in their life. Listen, America is not, is not shot, but America is shot if we don't get hold of the leadership. The person, the, 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 whoever's driving the car is out of control. Right? Yeah. The horse has done run off and the reins have fallen on the ground. It's time for some great Christian to jump onto the lead like John Wayne and get hold of them and say, whoa, Amen. heading the wrong direction, boys. Y'all with me? Yes. Still love me? Yes. Okay, so this is the next thing. First thing, repentance. The second thing is this desire to have the kingdom of God in your life. And your basis for that whole thing is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. Folks, America, we're spoiled. I'm telling you, we Americans are spoiled. All of us are. But man, it's beginning to hurt, isn't it? Gas prices going up, food prices going up. I mean, it was better when COVID was here because we couldn't buy anything. (laughs) Now it's on the shelf and costs three times more. And you can't afford to go over there and get it because gas is going up. Prices. And everybody says, oh, yes, but look how great a nation we are. We're getting all this together so that, oof. Have instructions for my wife to leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Obey my mother and my wife. So let me go to the third step. The third, the third step is literally fellowship. Fellowship with God and like minded people. Okay? So repentance, a desire for the kingdom, but then you have to have. Fellowship. Look at Proverbs 18, 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Being alone makes you crazier. All right. Hallelujah. Glory. They know we're Texans from the Lone Star State. But I'm telling you, being alone makes you crazier. If you got a little bit of crazy in you and then all you do is talk to yourself, the little bit of crazy in you is going to get you crazier. And if you isolate yourself, the reason why you're isolating yourself is because the only person that wants to agree with you is you. So therefore, you isolate yourself so that you just can talk to yourself because yourself is in agreement with you. And you don't want any challenges to being in agreement with you. So it's me, myself and I. Okay? But you got to understand something. Isolating yourself is only because you're only seeking your own desire. Look at Proverbs 11:14. Proverbs 11:14. It says where there's no counsel the people fall, but in a multitude of counselors there's safety. How about Proverbs 15:22? Without counsel plans go awry, but in a multitude of counselors they are established. The Bible never teaches us that we should be alone. The Bible teaches us that we should all be a part of the body of Christ. Yeah. I, when I was studying early church history, <clears throat> and uh, there was this group of people, and they were called the pillar saints. And it was a monastic order that they got together, and they created these extremely high, tall pillars, like up 100 foot. And then they crawled up on top, and they sat there the whole time. Because they were claiming that they were being more spiritual because they were getting closer to heaven and they were up there by themselves and they would stay up there for, you know, months on these pillars and they called them pillar saints. Some of the craziest doctrine came out of those monastic orders. Why? Because they isolated themselves and all they were doing was talking to themselves. They were supposed to have been talking to God, but the truth of the matter, they just isolated themselves and they just became Lulu's. OK. Proverbs thirteen twenty says he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Fellowship. We need fellowship. We need interaction. We need to be with other like minded Christians. First John one seven. Go to first John one seven. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Everybody say fellowship. And fellowship. the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Our first priority is to have fellowship with God. Amen. Now, This is going to get you back on the norm. Amen. And the second one is, is to have fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, all right. Hallelujah. Why? Well, God has it worked out. To where when you fellowship with him, your sins are going to get removed. All right. And look what, look what Hebrews 10.25 says. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another so much as more as you see the day approach. Hebrews 10.25 says, you're supposed to get together. Right. And why? Because getting together. You've been fellowshipping with God. Your sins are washed. You're exhorting one another and you get built up. You get strengthened. That's the way God set it up to work. If you just crawl in a hole, you're not going to win. Have you ever noticed that you tend, you know, we tend to gravitate. Like if you're a, a person who's a complainer, you tend to gravitate to complainers unless the other complainer you're gravitated to always does all the talking and you don't get to complain. So then you don't want to be with that person. So you got to find another one because that person talks too much and you're the one that want to talk. Well, in a sense, as Christians, we're supposed to get together and be together and assemble ourselves together. But for fellowship, fellowship with God and fellowshipping with each other. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if things go south in America and we start to tumble towards the end, the people you see in this building are going to be your best friends. Because the only way we're going to make it is fellowship and working together. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed because, man, I'm, I know in this room there is talent and wisdom in so many of you. Okay? So I, I feel pretty secure that y'all will take care of the pastor. Amen. Hello? Amen. We're country. We'll make it. We live. But the point being is, is that fellowship is a, is a major part of the gospel. If you don't have fellowship with Christians, you're, you're hurting yourself. In Acts two 46, when the early church got started, it says, so continuing daily in one accord in the temple and they were breaking bread from house to house. They ate with their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Jesus was right there in the middle of all that fellowship. That's how the church started. The church started by going and everybody eating together and going from house to house and sitting around talking about Jesus. They didn't have a Bible to read. They didn't have the TV to put on and and put on a Christian program or something like that. No, no, they sat around and talked about how good Jesus was. What do you say? I heard the apostle said this and I heard that Peter said this and and they they fellowship like that. And God was right in the middle of all that. And I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. Fellowship can be rich and good, and you can go away edified and strengthened. Matthew 18, 20, another scripture. It says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst. So Jesus is right in the middle of it. But today the world wants to separate us. Today in America, we are more divided as a nation than we've ever been before. And we're divided. Why? Because the devil wants to divide he wants to kill, he wants to steal, he wants to destroy. The devil wants to destroy. He wants to divide people. So there's no fellowship. But you got to be careful of who you let in your heart. Not who you to associate with. Now listen to me, there's a big difference. As a Christian, you're called to preach the gospel to those that don't know it. So you can't say, "Well, I don't keep fellowship with him because he's he's not he's not a Christian." Well, wait a minute. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, don't be unequally yoked. What does yoke say? Tied to. Well, that doesn't mean you're not nice to people. Doesn't mean you don't go to people. do not mean you go to the cafe and drink coffee with everybody in there. Doesn't mean that you don't associate with people. Even have those people come over to your house. It's talking about being yoked. How's the world going to get evangelized if you don't go out and do some evangelizing? Amen. You can't evangelize Just the nice ones. Right? Our job is to preach the gospel. Tell everybody. It means you may have to get a little dirty every now and then. Just don't get yoked to it. That's the difference. It says, don't be yoked with unbelievers. But my gosh, we need to today be the greatest evangelist that have ever been on the face of the earth. You need to be power, praying every day for the power of God to be operating your life. That no matter where you are, that just oozing out of you, everywhere you go, people see you. Say, I don't know about, I don't know who that person is, but I like them over there. They just want to gravitate to you. Why? Because we need to be telling the world about Jesus. Because folks, listen to me, and I know people. I know that there. I doubt anybody watches the program that hasn't heard me or agree with me, but if if somebody did, they'd just be gnashing their teeth right now because everybody would just be saying, no, it's not what I, want." But the truth of the matter is, is I know we're right. I know the gospel works. I know that the blessings of God work. I'm just trying to get you on the right path. I'm trying to preach and say, man, if you just do what the word says, happiness and joy and peace is gonna be in your life. I just love you enough to try to tell you the truth. Amen. Well, what about that over there? Listen, there's a lot of things out there. I, I just don't worry about it. Let God take care of it. Yes, Lord. I just know that the gospel works. And I know if you act godly, talk godly, walk godly, God's going to be in your life and everything's going to be good. Amen. Doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. God's going to get you through it. Y'all with me? Yeah. All right. So he says, don't be unequally yoked. Now, then again, Matthew 18, 19. 18, 19 says, again, I say to you that if, you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything, but if you're all isolated and alone, you ain't got somebody to agree with you. If you look throughout the whole Bible, it's set up for us to have a relationship with other believers. So he says, if you agree concerning anything, it'll be done. So there's power in agreement. There's power in agreement. Y'all sure are quiet this morning. Amen. They're making me nervous. I don't know if you're getting it or not, or you're just saying it's Mother's Day. I want to hurry up and get to the river, pass your shit up. <laughs> Go to Galatians 6.1, last scripture. Doesn't mean I'm through, but it's the last scripture. <laughs> Galatians 6 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore one another in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, as a Christian, you're supposed to have fellowship with all those around you. And just because somebody makes a mistake doesn't mean you say, No, no. You have a responsibility to help restore that person to what? Fellowship with God. Amen. Amen. Folks, listen to me. Do you understand? I'm going to say it again. I've said it about 50 times this morning. I'm going to say it again. That all the devil wants to do is break your fellowship with God. Whatever he can do, he doesn't care how he gets you to break your fellowship with God. If he gets you to to do something and then you feel guilty about it. So you're staying in guilt and you're and, and, and guilt plagues you. Well, he's got you broken in your fellowship with God. If he gets you hooked on drugs and you're just stoned out of your mind all the time, he's got your fellowship broken with God. He doesn't care how. He just wants your fellowship broken. Because if you're not in fellowship with God, then folks, listen to me. You're missing it. And he knows it. That's all he cares about. So if he can get you on some little petty something, you know, and then you get all sore about it. And then you get over here and then you're grabbing and complaining and murmuring all the time. You're missing your fellowship with God. And that's all he's interested in. And so you can't look at person. Oh, look at that guy, man. He's a big old sinner over there. Go sucker over there. It is full of sin. And point your finger at him. When you may have gotten off and have your fellowship broken because you're angry that something didn't go your way. Or let's just say you're not even angry that something didn't go your way. You're just mad and complaining. I have to watch myself because you see, I get all stirred up. I get all angry and I just, I look at this stuff and I just start complaining. I'm telling God, what in the world are you doing? I mean, where are the lightning bolts, the hundred pound hailstones? Come on, God. I mean, right now, uh, the president just changed his press secretary. It's no longer. Saki, but it's this other lady that just came in. She's going to be in there next week, I think. And uh, man, this woman, her belief system is as far, it's past left. Yes. I mean, she left the left sign a long time ago. <laughs> and now this person is speaking for the president. Now, what's funny about it? Now, just hear me. Hear me before you just say, oh, God, Robert. If, 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 the, if, if something was done, okay, here we go. It, when I was in Africa and I was preaching, I'll never forget this one meeting. We were in a tent. I always want to preach in a tent. We're in this tent, and uh, I, I got this big tent. It's a big tent, and I'm so excited because I'm getting to preach the big tent meeting. I always want a big big tent go all around everywhere. And so there's big team, I mean, A lot of people in there, man. I'm fired up. I mean, this is like this is like the pinnacle of of the, the greatest desire of my life is happening. And then all of a sudden I look outside and there's witch doctors out there. You didn't have to you didn't have to wonder if they were witch doctors. You didn't have to go out there and ask if they had a card. I mean, they had their faces were painted, they had stuff on their heads, they had uh, you know, strange garments on. They were standing out there doing all these chants, had bones in their hands, doing this. You just looked up and said, <laughs> which doctor is out there? Now, I just thought it was great because it's like the first time I see it's evident like that. It's like, hey, you want some of me? Come on in the name of Jesus to devils, from the bed of hell. Man, I was just having the greatest time of my life. It was easy to see who my enemy was, right? If they Took a press secretary and brought him up there. And this guy came up there and he had a bone through his nose and was holding the jawbone of an ass and was in a grass skirt and his face was all painted up. And he was talking all this kind of stuff. Everybody said, hey, whoa, what a minute. What's going on? Yeah. Right. People would get severed. But when they just send a woman up there, I'm telling you, it's the same demonic spirit because the devil's the devil. It doesn't make any difference. What is going to lead people astray just like a witch doctor would. But see, it's easy. It's subtle. You bring it in. You just put it in there and say, here. And I'm just like. Because to me, it's the biggest affront we've had because now it's being shoved in our face even more. This is where we're going. This is what's taking place. You will submit, and that's it. And I'm not real good at submitting except into Jesus. I bowed my knee to him, and that's who I'm going to bow my knee to, and that's the end of it, okay? And I recognize it, and I'm trying to get you this morning to become more aware of it. I recognize, say, that is totally, completely, 100% demonic. Yeah. Not, you're not trying to bring unity to the nation. You're trying to divide us more. You are not. You're driving the wedge deeper. You are doing everything that you possibly can. But there's so many Americans that will just take it and say, oh, well, you know, then you will change it later. And I'm telling you. That's wrong. That's wrong thinking. So we as Christians have got to rise up and we've got to get to the place where we realize we want the kingdom of God in our lives. And you've got to rise up in your prayer life. You hear what I'm saying? You've got to rise up in your prayer life, going to the throne of God every day because you want the kingdom of God in your life every day. And say, God, here we are. Deliver us. Deliver us. Arise, oh God, let your enemies be scattered. Let America be exalted. You've got to pray. OK, you need to be calling your congressmen. You need to be talking to the you need to be involved in politics. You need to be involved in every bit of politics you can possibly be involved in from the largest to the smallest. Everything from school boards to to I don't care what it is. Anything you can get involved in, anywhere you can get the presence of God into that situation, you need to be involved in it. Can I have an amen? amen. You need to be everywhere you can to all your friends and people who are your friends. And you need to make sure that you've not gotten sidetracked and broken fellowship with God and your brothers and sisters. Because folks, this is not the day to be isolated. This is the day for us all to be together. Amen? So, how are you going to get back to Norm? First thing is repent. Second thing, get the kingdom of God in your life. And then the third thing, you're going to have fellowship with God and man. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, put your Bible up. And stand up if you would. It's not my intent to offend, but it's my intent to inform. And I just want you to know, I know there's a lot of people that believe that uh, church and politics are two different things. But let me tell you something. (laughs) In this day and age, folks, there is nothing but church. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, man, there ain't nothing but church. Because I am telling you what, we got to learn to fight. We got to learn to fight. We got to learn to stand up and we got to become aware. So I'm going to pray right now for you. That all of our eyes will be open, that we'll be able to see everything going on, that you're going to become sharp. I'm going to also pray that wherever in your fellowship has been broken, that you get restored in fellowship. Now, I know. Listen to me. Everybody watching out there too. listen to me. I know there's a lot of bad preachers I know there's been a lot of bad church I know a lot of people have been hurt in church but that doesn't mean that church still isn't the tool of God because the devil wants to separate you from the fellowship with God so you're going to have to get find that place of forgiveness and that place of uh, uh, to, to just repent and say Lord I'm sorry I got mad and it whether it was right or wrong I'll never forget years ago I was in the jails preaching and there was a there was a man in there and man he was giving me a hard time I was preaching I was throwing down some good stuff and boy, he's just, he's doing this the whole time I'm preaching. Why is getting a little irritated? And so finally, I just went over there and said, Man, what is your problem? And he said, ah, You preachers, y'all liars. Just, I know. Just preachers, just liars. I said, Why do you say that? And he said, I remember when I was in vacation Bible school as a kid. Now, this is a 45, 50 year old man in jail. He said that preacher came over there, was giving my brother a hard time. I said something. He thumped me in the back of the head, told me to go home. I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah, he did." I ain't never ever liked preachers since. I said, "My Lord, have mercy." Has the devil deceived you? You were, you got a preacher did something to you as a kid, and look what it's done to you. And he said, "What do you mean what's done to me?" I said, "You're in jail." <laughs> And I'll never forget the look on that man's face. It was as if a light bulb was turned on. He said, man, you're right. (laughs) And I said, you let one man's ignorant mistake lead you in a road. And now here you are. You're in jail. He said, my God, preacher, you're right. Will you pray for me? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I will. But it was such an amazing thing. One mistake. Boom. Man's whole life. Why? Because fellowship was broken. Some stupid person did something, broke fellowship with God, and then that man ended up in jail and living a life of crime. So that's what I'm saying. The devil just wants to break your fellowship. I want to pray for your fellowship to be restored with God. Amen. Amen. So if you're in agreement with me, then by your faith, grab hold of this prayer. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name. I pray for the people. I pray for everybody out there watching, listening. Those in here, Lord, those that have had broken fellowship with you. The enemies come in and he's just just drove a wedge in there and try to break fellowship with you and with people. And so, Father, I just pray for them right now. I pray, Lord, that they be delivered. I pray they be set free. Just like that man whose light came on to him and he realized the errors of his ways that, Lord, everyone would realize the errors of our ways. And that our fellowship with you is the most important thing to love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, all of our power, Lord, all the strength within us. To love you and to love our neighbors as ourselves, Lord, is the greatest foundation to ever be laid. And so, Lord, I pray today that there be restoration in people's lives. There be restored fellowship in people's lives. That the kingdom principles will come within their lives, the biblical based foundations within their lives, O oh God. That as we repent, we turn to you, O oh God, you begin to bring this restoration back into us. Lord, that there can be great days of fellowship, great days, Lord God, of fellowship with you. And Father, I pray today that everyone will be able to find that place within their heart to say, Lord, forgive me. And Lord, when they do, you'll rush in, you'll rush in like a flood into their lives by the power of your spirit and restore them and set them free. Lord, I ask you to bless them. I ask you this day, oh God, to bless them. Exceedingly abundant beyond they could think or ask. Beyond they could think or ask, oh God. And so, Lord, I give you praise for it and thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want to do one more thing. Can I have my prayer team come down, whoever is signed today? If you're listening or watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, the Bible says in, John, in Romans chapter 10, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, That Jesus Christ is the son of God. That he died on a cross for your sins and that he was raised on the third day for your justification. Well, that you'd be saved. The spirit of God would come to live on the inside of you. Wash your sins away. If you're in the building today and you're not sure that you're right with God, you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Well, that's why we have a prayer team up here for you to come and pray with. Or if you're just here today and you just need some encouragement, you need some prayer for another situation going on, Our prayer team's up here for you. But if you're out there watching, right there, call upon the name of Jesus and you will be saved. He will touch you and deliver you and set you free. So, Father, I just ask you to bless us as we go from this building today. Bless them. Lord, I praise you for restored fellowship in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.